Dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. Don't miss our live show on Thursdays, but for now, you've got us on sloppy seconds with our podcast with the Grimdark Gang. It's time once again for Grimdark Live. Take two. Welcome to Grimdark Live, your weekly webcast for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf from the Warhammer worlds. We're going to try this again, but it looks like we got a little bit of a, of a camera malfunction, so I'm going to work on that while we're going through the show. But you guys are going to have to just look at uh, Chuck the whole time. We're going to we're going to take this out a whole new door and try to redo it, man. <laughs> we will get this figured out, folks. We're trying something a little bit yeah. new here on the show, and um, but Chuck, uh, say something, man. Say hello to everyone, so they know they got you back. Hello, hey, I'm back. You should be able to hear me now, cause. My mic sucked before. Yeah, I, I think what happened, guys, we did a little bit of a test before the show, and his mic was working fine. I think when we went live, I think his mic crapped out on him, like while we were while we were heading down that uh, that path. So yeah, we are gonna recap, man. So we got uh, here's what we're gonna do. Take two, as a chaos spawn so so generously Ooh. said. Take two on this one. We are going to um, we're gonna do the rumor engine. We got Blood Bowl and we got Armed Forces Day Three back in the news, and we're gonna be talking about Warhammer Age of Sigmar fifth anniversary, as well as um, we're gonna be talking about the General's Handbook 2020. And while we are uh, getting going here, while, while I'm gonna let Chuck talk a little bit, and then I'm actually gonna try to fix my uh, my computer because you know I, I can't it can't be just his pretty face on the on the camera, man. Not just me, right? Uh, Yeah, we we did a little bit of discussion about Lumineth Realm Lords, uh, how Games Workshop had to take a little bit of a developmental uh, hiatus because of the COVID-19 pandemic that had happened the past couple months. And so um, really what we had was a lot of uh, Age of Sigmar uh, stalling, you know, and so in the last two weeks, there's been a real blowout. Uh, It's become all over across the Warhammer community sites, the Lumineth Realm Lord drop. Uh, lots of pictures, pre-orders going out, the box sets, um, great models, great aesthetic with uh, the direction that they took. Some people think it's controversial. Some people didn't like it. Uh, the, the cow theme uh, with the large helmets for the infantry uh, models. There's uh, quite a bit on Twitter about people uh, chopping the heads off and really kind of putting their own spin on it. But that's always the good thing with uh, games workshop games in general because we have multi-part miniatures really you can just uh focus on what you like convert the miniatures that you want uh one thing that i had uh told uh pat about when we were you know tra- kind of discussing that and my mic dropped out is that um the one thing i do like about age of sigmar people aren't super focused and and hyped about the colors that uh are presented in the codexes that are released so when you build your army, you can really customize it with whatever color you want. I mean, people use anything from standard Games Workshop paint to fluorescent to really whatever they want. Uh, sometimes in 40K, you get players that are uh, more in line with how, how colors are presented in a codex and how they're supposedly like 
chapter specific. You know, if you're going to paint red for your space marine, well, it's got to be a certain red. Right. If you're going to do orcs, uh, it's got to be a checkered pattern. You know, if you're doing a, a certain line or whatever. Um, so that's just something that I think is is awesome with it. Then we kind of jumped on the board with uh, the specialist games when we had the uh, um, Blood Bowl uh, release. You know, we're going to be getting a, a specific book, a magazine debuted. And with that magazine, you know, there's a, a legion of players within Blood Bowl, within Games Workshop, that just love and absorb onto the uh, low model count games. And I think the same people are some of the same people that play other various games that uh, require low model counts uh, really jump onto like Warcry and even the old Mordheim, you know, 15 years ago. And uh, I love Mordheim. I, like, I, I really do. I, I've, I've always loved Mordheim. Yeah. That, that's like a that's like a weird a weird thing for me. Um, I, I almost want that uh, want that to come back. You know, well, and and so even with like the box sets that, came, that they came out with, even the terrain was was kind of interesting. It was like a cardboard uh, terrain that had little plastic pieces that you could pop on, and it would be like your corner part. Uh, the it even had uh, like little bits and pieces and bobs that would get stuck into the the side of the piece of terrain. I guess the cardboard uh, pop piece, and it'd be like a torch, or it would be. Uh, little metal pieces that would be more aesthetically uh, emphasized on the side. So, you know, I, I liked it because it was simple. I liked it because we could do, you know, two-month campaigns. And I think that's where Blood Bowl sort of falls into. If someone wants to do uh, a league, they can play for four weeks, eight weeks, 16. Um, they get in and out. You can play a 45-minute game. You can easily paint and customize those pieces in just a couple weeks, you know, paint as you play. Um, and I think Warcry follows that same caveat. So when they do these quick drops, quick releases, people can you know customize that, add it in, and you can already take the leftover parts of an army that you have. So if you're playing, uh, let's say, Orcs in Blood Bowl, uh, we can use the bits from the Orc Mobs bo box and convert those with our, our current team, you know? Yeah, so I mean, good stuff. I'll tell you what. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna take another break for a, a little bit of a uh, little bit of a commercial, and we're gonna try to I'm gonna try to work out this uh, this this little little continuing technical problems here, folks. Here we go. Hey, you grimdark goons! Thank you so much for joining us for another grimdark live live show. But hey, if you're new to the Grimdark Live experience and new to our YouTube channel, please click on the subscribe button, that's the Grimdark Skull bell icon, for reminders on all of our upcoming and past shows. And please remember to click on the like button, this helps our show and gets us better promoted on YouTube for the Grimdark Live experience. So please recommend us to your friends, Grimdark Live is a great show to get your nerd on every Thursday. And if you like some after-ear action, give our podcast a listen after the live show. We typically publish that a few days after the live show. Please follow our podcast. There's a lot of additional segments there that you're not going to get here on the live show. The link to our podcast is in the show notes below. And if that ain't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. Again, that's grimdarklive.com. All right, now let's get to the show. Chaos Bond can hear me. Awesome. 
Okay, guys, we are we are back, and we're going to be getting into the uh, into the news. Um, we're going to have to uh, go ride a little bit without the uh, without the video, if that'll work, uh, just for now until we can get this uh, get this figured out. But so it's going to be like old fashioned radio, man. Uh, but but hopefully we're going to try to uh, um, get the video back. That's so, where uh, you come in, right, with the old fashioned radio. The old fashioned radio, man. That's it. <laughs> That's it. So we are going to get into the news. So kind of like to preface that a little bit about what you were saying before. I mean, we got the um, yeah. we got the we got the rumor engine that you were touching on. So let's kind of pull this back up because I think I think the rumor engine is to me. I'm looking at this thing and I can kind of see that this is definitely uh, you know some kind of a some kind of a dark elf, some kind of an Iden of Deepkin or something like you were saying for sure. I do agree that it is elf like. If you look at the hand, the the knuckles and fingers almost look a little bit slender. Yeah. And so you can kind of tell with that, uh, it, the curved blade I could see, you know, if you're thinking uh, Dark Elf or um, Dark Eldar maybe for 40K, you know, it's just hard to kind of say without more than a dagger. Yeah, right. True, true. <laughs> That's you know true. I mean? Yeah, and then, you know, something else we have in the news, and, you know, I, I'm going to leave it there because, you know, we're, we're pretty notoriously bad uh, for the uh, um, for the rumor engines, so... I'm going to leave that one right there. But I think the next thing that was up in the news is uh, we got the Blood Bowl. And this, like I was saying before, before we kind of had to restart the show here, was the um, uh, Blood Bowl itself is got got its own magazine. And I didn't even know that the show or the the, um, the game was even, even really that popular. I mean, it's... Um, I guess it's called the Spike Journal 9, and this is going to introduce rules for three different categories of mixed teams where, you know, you're going to be able to combine models from various factions. So, you know, I guess if you wanted to have your, your troll, you know, like I said before, or throw a, a goblin or a snotling or whatever to, to victory, I guess you can go ahead and do that. Um, or, an or, an, or an orc. Or an orc. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So um, I think that's also is going to be uh, pre-ordered this weekend as well. Oh, yeah, July 4th. Yeah, because the new pre-orders for the GHB go up on July 4th. That's right. Um, you know, I am uh, I'm going to have to take the other point of view with this. And, I, and I'm not saying okay. I don't agree with you, but I sort of like having each faction broken down into the faction it represents. So I, you're, you're more you're more of the traditional type of game. Traditional. Yeah, I, I did orcs for a while with this game, you know, years ago. Uh, and I just like, you know, orcs and dwarf button heads. You know, it just seemed like you had a couple armies that you were, you had a tough time up against. And then there were a couple that you were uh, better off against. And, you know, if you mix that up, I just kind of feel like you'll lose a little bit of that luster. Um, but hey, I, you know, if somebody wants to bring a mixed team uh, and it's balanced, you know, then that's great. Uh, I feel like this could also introduce some unbalanced play depending on what you take, how you build your army. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that. If you think it's going to be. I didn't even know that, uh, that, to be honest with you, I didn't even know that, that, that blood bowl, we are having just a bunch of technical problems, man. I got to tell you, can you believe this? It's, it's, it's like, is this, is this the first time we've ever done this before? Un, unbelievable. No, I think you've been doing this for like three years, buddy, or more. Oh, is it? Has, what, like a couple decades in radio. Come isn't on, it, man. isn't it pathetic? Is It's really, really, really pathetic. Oh my gosh. I need but, a wet towel and just like whip you across the face and like tell you to get into shape and, oh like, my gosh out of it. Jeez, you're gonna do that we got to go to dinner first oh my god all right so no but but going back to blood Are bowl you dying? <laughs> i didn't even know honestly like i don't play enough blood bowl i think i played it once way back in 
seventh, yeah. eighth edition Warhammer Fantasy Battles. When, but I didn't even know. I mean, I just I just learned that this thing has its own journal, its own almost separate magazine, like a White Dwarf for Blood Bowl. Oh yeah. So and it's like a cult following. I mean, you've got a, a certain uh, mindset of players, you know. And like I was saying, Adepticon gets fifty or more people playing in their single day events for Blood Bowl every year. Uh, it's almost like the people who play BattleTech all the time. It's like they're they're constantly playing. It, there's a legion of players that follow it, and they go to different conventions and play. Um, it, it just has its following. It's cult followers. Well, let me ask you a question. I mean, how? Uh, uh, okay, you're obviously somebody that that plays Blood Bowl. I, I have. I not currently. I haven't played in the past couple of years. Uh, but probably about five six years ago, I did play a few games. Okay. Um, not any official league or anything like that, but just for fun. Okay. So, so let me ask you a question. What I mean, when when you played Blood Bowl, I, I'm just, I'm asking this because I'm just kind of curious. What were some of the? I mean, what did you play? What were some of the armies that you played? Um, I I played orcs and my uh, friend Joe, who is uh, not well. He's currently playing, but uh, taking a hiatus until the fall when they do their league. Ah, um, he played okay. dwarf. So that's why, like, the traditional aspect appealed to me, as opposed to making sure. mixed armies. But I, I think they're trying to make a game that's that is has a good following, more appealing to even more players. And and that may be kind of the play here is that uh, if you want to customize a team and introduce certain aspects into it, then right. uh, that's they're opening that door basically. Yeah, you know, so you know maybe kind they of... can attract younger players who uh, have some models, a few different here and there. Uh, or they just want to play something new and interesting. Right. You know what it kind of reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of like open play for Blood Bowl. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, but I guess I guess that's pretty. I mean, I like your point. I, I think I think that'll definitely bring new people into the game. Um, well, and, and but, I, I, but I think I'm a lot like you, though. I think I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I think I'm a lot like you, where I would rather play an all got orc team, an all elf team. Yeah. I, I don't know that I would really want to mix. Um, you can probably mix the halflings together. They kind of go good with just about anything, right? Oh yeah, they they like to eat and and they're very short, so you can step over them. Remember the uh, remember in in, uh, in 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 Warhammer Fantasy Battles back in the day, the moot ogres with the with the halfling army you could put in with the halflings. You could you, yeah. if you had a halfling yep. army, you could put ogres in with them, and they were like the moot ogres. I think that was a release in the White Dwarf, wasn't it? Initially, and then maybe a book le- released later. It was kind of like Dogs of War. Yeah, it came out as like a supplement, and then they sort of capitalized on it as it uh, as they sold more models. But that kind of introduces, you know, allies in uh, Age of Sigmar. Right. So when you start bringing in um, destruction allies or death allies, it kind of gives you another aspect into that into your army. And, right. But um, yeah, I, I think that it, you know it's another point that, that Games Workshop is trying to appeal to a little bit more players to maybe see if expanding it uh if it has you know some if it grabs anybody's interest yeah exactly exactly we'll see i mean you know what i I might dabble in it again but right now it's just not my main game i'm uh i I try to get my time out to when i can to to play age of sigmar and and very little 40k if i can but mostly uh mostly age of sigmar but all right moving on with the news we're going to keep uh we're going to keep the wheels turning here we've got armed forces day three coming up on august 8th and 9th and this is going to be our third year for this 100 percent charity event to support our active duty troops armed forces day tournament is going to be held august 8th and 9th and you can head over to grimdarklive.com to check out the information on this tournament. 
Armed Forces Day 2020 is going to be a two-day Age of Sigmar event where each player is going to bring 2,000-point army comprised of the most recent General's Handbook and AOS rule set. This event is a 1v1 five-game two-day tournament to provide donations to our active duty troops while celebrating Armed Forces Day. Uh, even though it's late, our original uh, date was supposed to be May the 16th. Um, but obviously COVID uh, kind of wrecked that. But we're also going to be supporting the Montford Point Marine Association Chapter 2, and there's going to be a separate raffle to support this historic Southside Chicago Montford Point Marine Chapter. And after a half a century of being home to those African-American Marines who settled in Chicago after the war in 1946, the chapter faces looming debt with the potential for closure, and we're just going to do whatever we can to make sure that doesn't happen. And, of course, Armed Forces Day 3 wouldn't be possible without the support of some of our awesome uh, supporters out there like GameStorm Gaming, Frag Factory, 3D Printing, Ministomp.com, and Six Squared Studios. We're also going to be working with uh, some other folks uh, and hopefully to, to get some uh, prize support and donations for that. So we will definitely keep you uh, in the loop once uh, once that happens. But and, yeah, And I would also like to put my foot forward and I would like to uh, put together some type of uh, painting or conversion award with uh, some of the supplies I have for FlatCon. So FlatCon is a an event that we normally do in October and try and uh, you know pair opposite of Armed Forces G, uh, GT uh, the past couple years. And unfortunately, um, not a good announcement or time to say this, but FlatCon is going to be taking a hiatus for 2020 because of COVID-19. Um, and sorry, I've received it, it's okay, um, but I have received some price support from a few of our vendors, and I would like uh, to at least put together one prize in support of your event and bring it up with me if that's okay with you yeah of course please do yeah thank you very much uh, and, and i gotta tell you you know are you gonna be able to make it to armed forces day uh it's on my calendar and i don't believe i have any conflicts that weekend so both days as a regular player i hope to attend unless you need like a judge or somebody no no man there's no, there's no I mean, weasel out of this one you're playing have, but... there's no weasel out of this one you're playing that's it oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good, good stuff. We're, we're going to take a, a, another quick break here. We got a, uh, an advertisement here for one of our advertisers. Woo! A public service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, Get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games.
All right, we are uh, we are back. So let's uh, let's get into our first topic here tonight uh, on the show. And folks, again, apologize for the, uh, the lack of webcams. We're going to get all this uh, hubaloo worked out so that we're a little bit more professional when we come back. And we'll have to drag Chuck back here so that uh, you know you, you guys can see his um, his pretty face, man. But you know, it's it's actually kind of good because you know Chuck was telling me when when we were kind of at the break that uh, you know it's kind of good that the camera isn't on him because uh, what were you saying, Chuck? I forget what you were saying about um, you know the fact that you had an agreement that you can't you can't be shown on camera because women start ovulating within like 20 miles of seeing your face or something like that how'd you put that again uh i think it was exactly like that i don't think i could have said it any better in fact you probably summarized it better than i did see well that's what that's what i do folks i do that i do that only for my friends only for my friends chuck (laughs) all right so so here it is let's get into the the fifth anniversary of warhammer age of sigmar and I think um, I think this would be a good place to really just kind of break this down and take a look at this because it's already been five years since GW debuted the Age of Sigmar, and and really that at that time it sent hobbyists really on a roller coaster of emotion. And really since 2015, we've seen GW take Age of Sigmar to an all new level of depth, lore, meta, all that other stuff. With with a lot of things that have happened. We got faction overhauls, um, FAQs twice a year, brand, we have brand new faction releases. Uh, we got an offshoot game like Shadespire and Warcry. And, and we've also seen new mechanics hit the game like endless spells and, and unique missions. I mean, is, is it kind of hard to believe that we're already five years into Age of Sigmar? Well, I think it's a testament to Games Workshop to see how well that they can develop a game ongoing uh, through so many cycles already and still have it increase in popularity, uh, increase in sales, and have even more events, more tournaments uh, be produced from the same material and content. I mean, wouldn't you say that really they weren't having as much success with the 8th edition and the end times, and then they blew everything up and then recycled it into a new product? I think that's a great way to put it. I think that's yeah. a great way to put it. Um, I think that, uh, you know, for the most part, I think you're going to find that people, um, I think I think that people look at the game now in a little bit more of a favorable light than, mm-hmm. say, they did uh, back in the day. And, and, and I'm going to say this right now, and I'm going to back up here, because I think in order to really talk about the milestones for Games Workshop, you know, here on this this fifth anniversary, we really need to briefly look at where it came from. Um, it, it, it's almost been five years since they killed off the game that really birthed this new one. And, and, and if you're, if you're new to the hobby folks, um, we'll be filling you in a little bit on just a little bit on the details of everything that happened, but let's go back to Warhammer fantasy battles, eighth edition here for a second, you know, that kind of prefaced where we are with this, with age of Sigmar, you played eighth edition, right, Chuck? Oh yeah. Yeah. I figured. So to me at that time, Warhammer fantasy battles, eighth edition was almost a perfect game. And there was a couple of things that had to be tweaked. But, you know, I understand the, the barrier of entry and all the things that you hear people talk about right, so right. often of why uh, the game didn't take off or the game didn't do very, very well. Right. Right. So but I think I think in order to um, really kind of draw this in, we have to we have to keep in mind that even right now. Games Workshop is going to be looking to resurrect fantasy, and they're even going to be calling it Warhammer the Old World. So I think that they saw that they had a good thing with that game. And in a way, I think at first when Age of Sigmar first came out, I think it was rushed. I think it was a little 
brass. I think it was a little rash because obviously there was no points. It was play whatever you want. And, and you've, you've heard us talk about this before. You know, when yes. Age of Sigmar first came out, it was you put a model on the table, I put a model on the table, and we keep putting models on the table until we're all out. So and, run out. Yeah, and that was a real yeah, good way. I to, mean, yeah, that was a real good way to find out if your opponent it, was an it was asshole. The person, the person with the biggest closet, you know. So you went by War Scroll, and yeah. you brought as many War Scrolls as you could. It it wasn't a a points based game yet at that point, right? Um, until later on when they started releasing more rules and uh, further developed it. And and at that point, the traditional players who played in Seventh Eighth Edition and End Times, uh, even myself, I was sort of scratching my head, and I'm like, now wait a second. You know, are these scrolls evenly matched? Uh, what if I bring four tubs of miniatures and somebody else has one tub? Right. Uh, are we playing for fun or am I just tabling the other guy? You know, yeah, at that point. exactly. Like, what is the point? No, no, exactly. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that um, I think I think what what's happening is, yeah, you're, you're, you're not playing for fun anymore. That, that's that's guaranteeably sure. not happening. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, where the game is now is completely night and day to where it was when it first came out five years ago. So to talk about where Age of Sigmar 2.0 is currently, we have to really look back at the the the, the game they they killed. Like I was like I was saying before, I mean Warhammer Fantasy Battles, uh, the the old Age of Sigmar game, first of all, they use square bases. Now, um, it, it didn't play anything like Age of Sigmar currently as we know, but the the, the latest Age of Sigmar performs uh, or platform, I'm sorry, um, I'm not trying to I want to be able to put this in the best way. It still uses some models uh, for the factions that, that, that made it through end times. But speaking of end times, that's how games workshop thematically killed their own game. I mean, and, and the short version is, uh, the story is Arcan basically, uh, brought about the end of the world and killed all sorts of factions, uh, in the game, you know, Bretonians, right. uh, tomb Kings, high elves, wood elves, and, and, and all the others. Um, right. Right. So I mean, co- coming off of coming off of that end times, a lot of people were pretty bitter about it. So, oh yeah, I mean, let, let's go back to you. I mean, you were obviously there in, in Warhammer Fantasy Battles Eighth Edition, rank and flank. Then end yep. times happened. Hey, you grimdark goons! Thank you all so much for listening to our grimdark live podcast. If you're new to the Grimdark Live experience or new to our podcast and like what you hear, please follow this podcast and pass us along to your friends. Let us know what you think about Grimdark Live in the show's comment sections, and let us know just how we're doing. Also, don't forget to catch us live on Thursdays. And if that isn't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. That's grimdarklive.com. Anyway, thanks for listening, following, and just being awesome. I mean, give us a little bit of a soliloquy of what well, you went there through. Was, so there was uncertainty. I mean, first we had four large novels released. Um, I bought uh, Thankful and Glockin. You know, that talked about releasing the chaos forces on yeah, the world and destroying it realm by realm or, or empire by empire. And you're just kind of going through this and you're like, okay, like I, I get it now with... At this point in the show... We're having a little bit of trouble with the uh, with the live feed caused by the short pants in the computer. Wait a minute, we're up. Oh. Hey, welcome back. Hey, hey guys, we made it. We <laughs> are back. And I'm not going to do another commercial. I'm not going to play any more stupid, uh, you know, songs or anything like that, but we are back.
awesome. Yeah, see? And it's 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 both of us. Look, there's Chuck, there's me. There's Chuck, there's me. Hey, we're both on here. Holy cow, look at that. It's Holy it's up and running. Crap. Unbelievable. <laughs> Un freaking believable, man. Chuck, you really caused a lot of trouble tonight, man. We had all this I new know, stuff I, planned. I am so sorry as co host. I, you know, did not mean for any of that to happen. Um, oh, I, I was really trying my best to I gotta... be a support mechanism and a pillar for the Grimdark Live show. Unbelievable. And you know, it's look. hour of need. And really it's been an hour and twelve minutes, but we're we look like our feed is going on Chuck, YouTube. Live. Here's the thing. I can screw up None this show up. enough without you, okay? I can screw this show up enough without you. I don't need you to come on here and screw this show up for me, all right? Again, my apologies. I I did not mean to do what what happened. Okay? Here here we go, man. All right, let's uh, let's let's pick up where we left off before. So we we were just in the middle of talking about coming out of Eighth Edition. We are back yeah. now, Age of Sigmar. So here it is. Once Age of Sigmar, you know the 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 first version, not 2.0 was was the first version, not 2.0 was announced. GW kept things sort of vague. We all know that. We right. only knew that a new game was coming out uh, that that that's really sprang from the ashes of fantasy once. We started getting all these inclinations. You remember when it first started to come out, there was that weird six-week period that they almost didn't want to say anything to anyone about it. And, um, and and we were just getting these weird leaks. Remember people were saying, well, it's not going to be another game. These are just going to be models, you know, and... Um, and, you bring what you have to play, right? Well, you... th- that that was that came in later. That came in later. Oh, and, of gotcha, course, gotcha. now we're talking about once it officially dropped after that weird, like, as I seem to remember, like, six-week period... Uh, in 2015, there was there was a massive backlash from the community. Yeah. There was really no warning that uh, that 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 people would have to rebase their minis from squares to rounds. And on top of that, there there wasn't even a a point system in place, as we said before. You know, the gremlins or the nobblers, not nobblers. Nobblers wouldn't do this to my computer. Gremlins did. By the way, guys, I don't know what the hell happened to my computer, but I the literally would do it to your computer. Though. I, those you know pointy-eared that. bastards. But I did have to go back, folks. This is what I had to do for all of you, not for Chuck, because he screwed everything up. But what I did for all of you guys was. I had to go back and I literally had to restart up a whole new computer, new webcam, new everything. And then I put pants on and then I relogged everything on. So here we are. But so so you remember that when it first came out, Age of Sigmar, everything was the wounds base system. Remember that one, Chuck? So everyone there was yeah. no points. So it was like, okay, I've got I've got forty seven wounds on the table. But you remember that. Yeah, the so the war scroll that you took had a, a, a wounds affiliated with it loosely. Right. Yeah. And so but but we had to build armies solely based off of off of the wounds. Correct. Yeah. So that was a little well, I guess better lack of term, that was a little bizarre, you know. But uh but but we survived with that and we got through it. And um Well, and then there was a big controversy with uh converting your miniatures from this later on. Right. You know, you didn't have to convert them to round bases. That wasn't like required, but uh, that you would just show up with your square bases and, and play the game as is. Yeah, um, exactly. Then there was a, a hurdle for players because, you know, then the controversy comes into play of, well, I've got hundreds of miniatures. Uh, do I convert them up? And and if I do so, what size is it? And um, I think we came, they came with a basing chart, didn't they? For yeah, they did. Older, yeah, they did. Like, well, the, the, basing chart, the basing chart came later, and there was a couple of versions right. because it wasn't the first basing chart, as I seem to recall, didn't even come from GW. It came from 
the community. I, I think I think yeah, somebody, it was a community based push. As a yes. matter of fact, so, uh, like a standard size for infantry and uh, right. whatever size model you're exactly. And they based it off of the the millimeters or the squares. And, and around yeah. in, in in this area, Steve Herner, who's a fantastic guy. Steve Herner is just is just a great person. Um, yeah. He puts on holy hammers, holy wars, all that kind of stuff uh, every year. Yep. Uh, but he's the one that first gave me a, a, a basing chart, as a matter of fact. Really? And, I, and I think, unless I'm mistaken, Steve, if, Steve, if, if I'm mistaken, I apologize, dude. But uh, I think he put it together, and it was it was damn near as accurate as, as, as could be. So Well, and I remember one of the, the big deals and issues was trying to fit what it was, uh, a 20-millimeter square onto a 20 millimeter round because the corners poke through i think so yeah. that's why everything had to be scaled like one to four millimeters bigger in order to accommodate the the corners of those bases so you're right you're right it's always kind of interesting you know how yeah. that developed over the period of time well the the, the thing is games were so ins- insanely unbalanced that that people completely lost interest in the hobby that was the thing for me in the very beginning of this game well, what? and we talked about that when people were bringing tubs of miniatures in and it was based on the war scroll or whatever you had in your closet. Um, it, it wasn't necessarily like a, the points based game. It was more or less if I had more uh, horrendous things I could bring to the tabletop versus someone else. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and I think I think that in itself um, gave rise to Manix Kings of War game system. I really believe that that the best salesperson for Manic was Games Workshop. I, I well, think that they really helped because number one, we, we had the nostalgia people yes. that that wanted rank and flank. I mean, that's how we got that that fantasy game called the Ninth Age. We here on Grimdark Live, they'll call it the Evil Awful Brand X. That's a game, Ninth Age. I could never freaking understand. Okay, well, take a step back. So when Age of Sigmar first happened, there were we had branches. Uh, mm-hmm. So Ninth Age branched from Age of Sigmar because there are some people who wanted to stick with rank and flank. Uh, then we had, I, I don't remember the content creator, but someone separated from Games Workshop to develop uh, the Mantic game system, which was their, their fantasy line. I always mess this guy's name up, but it's Savator, Cavatory or writes, something like that. Oh, I just completely murdered that name. Ugh. He writes the fiction also for, or he used to yeah. write some of the fiction content too. He, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Uh, and, and, and so, and, and again, so, you know, the that system was loosely based off units that would be on a movement tray rectangular um, or square and that was almost reminiscent of the pre uh seventh and eighth edition that games workshop had and instead of removing individual models you just had a wound counter on that regiment that you would take so that's right yeah and so that is like when age of sigmar had to adapt and i think that's when they started coming out with their pitched battle profiles. And when pitch battle profiles actually hit and they said, you know, this is a, a Vanguard game. This is your standard 2000 point pitch battle. And then your open narrative play can be your 3000, 4000, 25,000 point uh, battles that you, that you fight in. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I think, um, I, I think the biggest thing for, for, I guess for, um, I don't want to put this, you know, when we finally got those points, that's when you finally saw the game start to start to take 
take place. Yeah, but, develop. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to kind of take one step backwards if I can and talk a little bit about, you know, once we got the points, there were still that weird faction of people that were around playing rank and plank. You had yeah. the ninth age. Which, again, I've never understood. Why didn't you just stick with playing 8th edition, put a couple of house rules in there, and you would have been fine. But um, it was a weird time. But when, when for me, when points finally came out for Age of Sigmar, that's when I went, aha, this game is going to survive. And, and, yeah. and over a year after Age of Sigmar rolled out as a game, GW put the 2016 General's Handbook out with points. Yes. And there was a small cult cult following, I guess the best way to put it, that, that kept Age of Sigmar alive. Um, I was one of them. You were one of them, Chuck. That yeah. um, by, by a strand of really dedicated fans over that first year. And, and it eventually grew more and more as GW nurtured the, the game into something that fans could relate to. And that's what I yeah. meant. I think points were the first piece that finally said, aha, we can relate to that. So fast forward a, a few yeah. more years, we yeah. saw Age of Sigmar 2.0 drop in in 2018 so you know since we kind of um you know had some technical difficulties here yeah i think it was 2018 it was 2018 that that 2.0 dropped i mean what are some of the biggest releases or successes that you can think of so far in aos 2.0 since its release in 2018 um i would say uh the just their general book release and pace has been a success in age of sigmar 2 uh, since you know that 2018 and into 2019, I think there was something like 10 to 12 uh, army books released where they were either updating uh, current lists, uh, bringing things that were out of date and phasing them out, but introducing new rules and new uh, ways to play current armies. You know, one of the the bigger ones that I remember was the. Uh, I'm forgetting the title of the book, but the Empire book that that came out, uh, that sort of combined a couple different uh, play types. It combined some of the dwarfs or the Dwarden and uh, put into play uh, Dark Elves into the same codex. So Cities of Sigmar, that was the book. Sorry, I it was just escaping me for the moment. But um, that for me was probably one of the better release. I would say that's the best release for me, but that was the army that I had a lot of focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, my my father played Empire and had a 20,000 point army back in 6th edition. And so I sort of acquired that and converted some of the pieces uh, into different uh, like steam tanks. You know, if I had access to three or four from his army, along with the three or four that I had, now I've got six, you right. know, and I can aim my steam uh, tank army running around the board and put Stormcast in there. And sure. who wants to? Like that. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of mixing your army up. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's almost opposite of my stance on uh, Blood Bowl. You know, I like the purity of Blood Bowl, but you know, when they came out with the Cities of Sigmar book, my I just lit up. I'm like, you know, what's funny is, is, is I wish. Yeah, I'll take that as battle line. I wish I was better to Cities of Sigmar when it first came out. I, I really wasn't very kind to it. I, I kind of call it. I think. I think you. You actually. You and I talked about this one time. I, I believe when I referred to it as the, the Island of Misfit Toys, uh, oh, yeah, I, I yeah. really, I really didn't give it its, its proper ado. And, and I gotta be honest with you. I'm really glad that I was wrong. But for me, when I look at the, the age of Sigmar 2.0, what some of the biggest drops, I gotta be honest with you. I'm going to be a little bit more, uh, traditional on it. And that was the new okay. big core rule book, core rules, oh. lore, maps, the mortal realms, battle plans, uh, allegiance abilities, grand alliances, blah, 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 all that stuff. For me, when yeah. I, when I, I remember when I first saw that big core rule book and I went, 
Well, son of a bitch. This is, we've got points, we got a rule book. This is a real game now. This is a, this is a, a supported game. Yeah. Um, I really, really loved Soul Wars. The the new starter, that, that at the time, the, the new starter oh, set. Oh, yeah, the new starter the, set with all the Stormcast yeah. stuff in it, yep. And, yeah. and honestly, I really loved the Night Haunt. Although Night I, I never had... Yeah. I never had the cojones to actually start playing Night Haunt, and I'm, I'm, I might pick that up with the with the new with the new uh, General's Handbook coming out. I may have to do that. Uh, Malign Sorcery, that one, that one, I, I'm I'm gonna fib a little bit. I think when it first came out, I was a little like, "What the hell is all this about?" I thought it was gonna be one of those um, like sidebar things. But I got to tell you, I love the fact that we got endless spells, realm spells, realm artifacts, yeah. um, and. Um, and, and you know what? I thought the new uh, official Age of Sigmar uh, website that dropped, I thought that was great. One of the things that came out of Age of Sigmar 2.0. So I thought that that was... You know, um, I, I am sort of a fan of the Warhammer community page as well. I mm-hmm. think it's a, a good source. Uh, just like a lot of other people, I like the the free access to PDFs on their FAQ page on the main website. Right. Where you can just kind of type into the bar, uh, download it, save it, refer to it as needed. I, I think that games workshop uh, adapted and developed their content for the online community which is really where a lot of the gamers go you know uh, the old website that had the forums that you know people would visit and become a member of mm-hmm. uh, they right. phased that out and we really needed a, a presence to be that guiding light you know right having fan-led uh game systems aren't always ideal because you get a, potentially a few bad actors that steer it the wrong way when you have content developers it's something to look at and look forward to if we know that one guy has been in there for 10 years and he developed the system before we kind of know where that direction might be going that's or a great way to put it a favorable direction to what we've seen before yeah that's a great way to put it yeah that really is and you know and, and folks um we're going to be heading on to our next topic here we, we kind of cut things a little bit short but i wanted to apologize to everybody for for the technical difficulties uh in all seriousness I, i'm not sure what happened but i'm glad we got up and running and uh we got one more great topic to get back into we're going to be getting into the new uh, general's handbook 2020 and some of the predictions there uh but i got a couple more things got to work out so so we're gonna we're gonna play one more uh sponsored ad here and we are going to uh, be right back with you hey gang i wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs that's game storm gaming in lamont illinois open seven days a week 12 to 12. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40k, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, dice, and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events. So get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. 
All right, moving on. We got uh, we got the next uh, part of the show here. We're going to be getting into, and that's going to be the General's Handbook 2020. So here it is, AJ Sigmar. We're giving we're getting a new General's Handbook 2020. Chuck, what do you think, man? Um, I am. You know, there's a couple things that I am interested in, and I want to see the charts and the tables and and how it plays out. So I'm excited. Okay. Well, that's a good way to put it. I mean, you know, it's yeah. funny. Pre-order uh, is going to be this this weekend, Sunday here in July the states. July fourth. Well, Sunday here in the states because I think a lot of stores aren't going to be open on July fourth. So oh. you, you might have to pre-order it on Sunday. Leave a voicemail. Leave a voicemail. There you go. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, I want four. That's it. Um, I know that uh, that that that. Um, a new year of gaming in the mortal realms is going to, is going to be uh, upon us here pretty soon. And I mean, the general's yeah. handbook 2020 is really back on track uh, in, in, a, in a great way to segue uh, from the, from the talk about the fifth anniversary of age of Sigmar. Now I'm going to take a little bit of a, of a step backwards here, Chuck. And, and uh, back in 2017, when the general's handbook first arrived for age of Sigmar, it really did change the game completely. Um, it made the, the the rules of the game way more palatable to, to many players, and it, and it added points that um, that had a bit more structure to the game. I mean, obviously, you're not going to get complete structure; otherwise, it'd be chess. Um, but with with each edition, Games Workshop, I think, has continued the tradition and tweaked the rule points and continued to um, really generate them in a in a in a way that i think is more fan based and i think it yeah. makes i think it makes the game more uh, palatable to the not only to the to the consumers us in in the community but it also was able to maintain the competitiveness that i was always nervous would go away if, if i felt that they were kind of pandering to some of the community needs here i mean what what are your thoughts or you know so, with, with with coming into the general's handbook of what we know yeah. about the previous ones so each time they introduce a general's handbook, I, I do think they try and adjust the points a little bit in order to mitigate mitigate issues that they had prior, uh, whether some lists were overpowered or some units were too cheap and they need to be adjusted a little bit in order to, you know, min-max benefits when, when players play. Uh, that's okay. The The biggest issue, I do believe sometimes when it, when it happens is when... Uh, keywords change and uh, the structure of how to build your army from the ground up uh, implodes. And I think some of the, the biggest things that were difficult to swallow last year for me and my gaming friends was when they started uh, rewording the keywords for some of the dwarf and, uh, and, and humanoids, uh, sure. specifically like the empire models. So before, because that was all an adjustment to the new book coming out, the Cities of Sigmar book, which I know I mentioned before. Right. But um, it, it sort of eliminated some of the options for the dwarves and streamlined it into the meta that was coming out, you know, the next month or two. Right. And uh, and so that was a little bit tough to swallow for some of my friends because that's what they were currently playing with and that's what they were familiar with. So yeah. now, like, what they currently were playing was becoming obsolete or they had to completely change their list. And uh, I think that's the biggest thing for some players to adjust to, but I think that's necessary for the game in the end. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And, you know, I, I almost agree with everything, everything you said. Um, uh, but, but the good news, what? 
Well, I, I, I think, I think the, um, <laughs> well, I, 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 you know, yeah, we, we, we can get into that uh, here, here in a minute, but, um, but yeah, so, so this by, by, by Saturday, July 11th, we should yeah. have the new general's handbook 2020 in all of our sweaty palms. So probably, probably you're looking at here, depending on your local store, definitely if it's a GW store, it's not going to be open, but because of the, the, the holiday here in the States, which is on Saturday. Uh, so you'll be, you'll be able to pre-order it on Sunday, but mm-hmm. here's something interesting. There's going to be two versions uh, of the book. One is going to be the Warlord edition and the other is going to be the standard edition. The Warlord edition obviously is the collector's version uh, and, and has some extra tokens, cards, and, and all that good stuff. Um, some interesting points to note on the new book. There, uh, there are new rules for playing battles in the skies, which I'm actually really really yeah. excited for and then there's size of slaughter is the name of yes, it yes yeah and and th- there's also going to be some multi army multiplayer army games almost like um almost like almost like a serious version of triumph and treachery i would i would i would mm-hmm. guess um there's also going to be some new rules for creating custom heroes that's um that's narrative to me and I'm I'm a hot and cold with narrative. Going back to like somebody like Steve Herner, the guy does a great mm-hmm. narrative uh, tournament for uh, Holy Wars or Holy Havoc. Those are awesome. But outside of that, I, I it really would depend. But I do like the idea. I think it's interesting that you can create your own custom hero. I guess. Um, I mean, this isn't right. anything new to GW. They were doing well, hero, I, they were doing Warhammer Quest and all that stuff in the past where you could do that as well. I, I, yeah, I, there may have been some of it in the past, you know, where you can take a specific war scroll and such. But I think the unique thing going in into this is that you can actually customize your general. You can customize a hero and then take it in your army. There is even specific mention in the video that I, I believe GW put out that you could select a specific race and then specific uh, uh, take a specific class of hero, like right. a wizard or a fighter. Right. So you can make something like, a spellcaster, a fighter, or the fighter part wizard. Sort right. of like uh, the crown of sorcery uh, with the old uh, uh, Azag the Slaughterer, you know, and uh, with orcs and goblins back right. in that 7th and 8th edition book. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for events that are, like you said, like Steve's that are narrative events, I think that's going to be very desirable to do that specifically for your army. In fact, most people might switch over to that steve might pick that up and just say you have to take this sure like if you're going to take an army no name characters you have to take a customized one right and that right. would be that'd be kind of interesting hmm. um but other i might events... i might have to add that into armed forces day because you know i, I am I, it looks like I'm, I'm pretty close i'm not this isn't yeah. an announcement here folks but i'm about 75 oh. percent ready to approve our the, the the general's handbook 2020 for armed forces day three and and another thing is that uh you know pat keep in mind that Typically, with those narrative-specific things that they release, it's not as powerful as the current heroes or meta that's going through this system currently. Right. So it's probably not going to be a groundbreaking hero that's better than Archeon. You know. Oh I no, mean? no. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Right. I doubt. I doubt anyone's going to going to be Nagash or Archeon type. Right. right. I get that. But you know what's what's cool about this is. They're, they're, one of the best things about Age of Sigmar is the sheer variety of options you have yeah. from the worlds. Um, so, so you can, you can, you know, if you wanted to, you could make a Karadran Pistolier who wanders the realms of fire looking for a, a fistful of Urgold or something like that. Um, yep. You know, you, you can do that. I like that idea from, from that standpoint. I don't think that narrative is my cup of tea all the time, but I... 
I, I like the idea. I, I like the fact that they're kind of expanding the ability to be able to play the game. But based off of what we know, okay, any any speculations on what we'd like to get in the new General's Handbook 2020? Anything that, that, that you can look at and say, this is kind of a one or two wish list that I'd like to have. I want a spellcasting steam tank. That's what I want. A steam tank commander that's better at spell casting than techless. That would be my objective, Pat. So how often do you, do you normally drink in the evening after work? I mean, you, 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 uh, I, I honestly, I love that you just said that because <laughs> I, I never in a thousand years would have come up with that on my own. That was, that was good, man. That was good. I, so, I can't, I don't know what drinking is. I mean, I've got water here in my cup, you know, the imaginary cup that I'm, right. I'm drinking. So, um, uh, I, you know, I think something to the effect of like on the video, he said there's 23 different uh, races or subclasses or something like that for uh, different things that you can select. Or maybe that right. was something else in the video. But um, I feel like there's going to be a lot of options. Yeah. And, I, and just to say, what do I want? I mean, really, it's got to be thematic and fit in the army that I currently play. I currently play Zinch. I played Cities of Sigmar last year. Um, I sort of change it up each year. I know you just play with Nablars and... Greatest unit in the that, game, Chuck. Greatest. It. Let's hear you right. say right here, right here on Grimmauld Live. I don't know how greatest, greatest unit in the game. game. I've on. only seen you play on YouTube and a couple other times, so uh, I think we need to fight that out and just you know put that. I will. I will right happily there. take that because let me let me tell you something about you know. So, so let me let me just explain what you're in for here with the Novelers, man. Okay. I mean, you you have. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now. Those little bastards are going to hit you so hard. You're going to get your money shook, your name took, and your name in the Undertaker's book, man. That's all. That's what. That's what's going to happen. I'm telling I you. That I can't wait. It's, I'm telling you. I'm. You know what? Super. I'm bringing them. I'm bringing them to Red Raccoon Games. It's on okay. Grudge Match right here. I just right. called you out. Yep. Right. And so if anybody doesn't know, my home game store is Red Raccoon Games in Bloomington, Illinois. And yours is Game Storm, isn't it? Game Storm, yeah. yeah right. game 1243 Storm State Street, Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John awesome. and the gang there. Get your nerd on. Oh, and, and by the way, Red Raccoon Games, the Nobblers are coming, man. The Nobblers are coming. Oh. I just want to let you know. They're the going to be biting my ankle as I step on them one at a they're, time. They're going like, to be running through your that. leg throwing uppercuts, Chuck. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know. I think the best you can hope for is just like sitting on objectives. I don't know like how actually offensive they are. I mean, sharp stuff, man. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to be rolling my dice with coffee cans, man. You're in for it, man. I'll bring some Kleenex for you to, you know, wipe the tears up, man. You're going to be crying. As I have my two up, two up, two up save. That's, that's right. Won't do anything to him, man. (laughs) Nobblers aren't afraid of that, man. Greatest army in the game. Army, not just unit, they're the greatest army. I have okay. 300 nobblers in that army. Greatest nobblers, greatest army in the game. Anyway, so moving on. So so going back, see, you know, first first, first, you ruined the show by crashing my computer. <laughs> and now, now, you're, the conversation. now you're mother effing the nobblers. I can't have this anymore, Chuck. All right, so here's here's what you know this this past weekend um at uh at GameStorm we had a great war meet first one outside of the covid since uh, march 13th it was really really fantastic and uh joe i think you know him uh he showed up yeah. at the uh the war meet with a chaos dwarf army yeah and i gotta tell you even though i know that the chaos dwarves you know the, the legion of asgore are, are they're not in the cards obviously for this new this new general's handbook um because you know gw and forge world right now 
aren't the super best of friends. We're not really getting along. But um, as long as we're wishing here, uh, I really would like to see a little more love given to the Chaos Dwarfs. Um, I think that uh, they're an almost their army. You know, they've got some pretty tremendous... Uh, they can ignore uh, all wounds in the first combat phase of the first round. And they can yeah. do a lot of cool stuff. And, you know, even with some small point decreases, I think it would make... Uh, a world of difference for that army but again that, that that's a that's a pipe dream but let's go to one that i think needs to happen here um okay. as far as the ghb 2020 coming out i think the ocr bone reapers are will see the Mortec guard rise 20 points and and the death riders drop 20 points making them you know equal on the points more feasible uh, yeah yeah I, I, I as opposed to seeing like three units of 10 or 20 roam in the battlefield it, getting bingo up, exactly like exactly attacks, negative two render whatever hitting on twos and twos yeah uh, you know yeah I, I think generally we'll see some adjustments like that i think there was another post i saw where uh people were still complaining about gristle gore how it's oh. too much and that other armies don't have a chance against it and uh, you know maybe there's going to be adjustments with monsters maybe more monsters will become battle line for you know general well, armies. That we, we got the Sons of Behemoth like, coming out, so you probably that that's probably a given predictor right there. Yeah, so more mid tier and lower tier armies are going to have the opportunity to run monsters or larger, cre you know, uh, monsters as battle line or right. core or whatever you want to say. I right. mean, it's it's all the same. Right. Um, I, I think I think that will at least going back to the Osiarchs, right? I I think that will at least help them. Uh, seem like a decent choice. I mean, Petrifex Elite is just uh, mm. negative, so that <laughs> so that they should they should probably whack that pretty hard. I think that's I think yeah. that was a, a good idea on paper, and then it got on the table, and they're like, "Whoops, we should have played test that one." Um, yeah. uh, well, I think I think Zeech will most likely get hit the hardest uh, this go around, though. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if I had to make a bet, uh, Flamers. Well, I, and, I think there's like two or three certain Zeech builds that Flamers, uh, Horrors, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, Flamers and Horrors, and then there's uh, the one where they can teleport two units before the game even starts. Right. And, yeah. and then they're automatically, you know, units of like twenty on top of an objective yeah. that can bubble into 50 wounds, you know? I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, the, 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 the Gaunt Summoner is way too cheap for being able to bring 200 points onto a freaking, you know, a free 200-point unit onto the damn table. Right. Well, with the adjustments that happen to uh, the Horrors, you know, of course. I mean, that's why there was initial points adjustment with him, but I, th I, I think he gets two spells for 300 points, and then he right. brings on a 200-point unit. Right. So. Obviously, if I'm going to have a 100-point caster cast multiple spells or have multiple abilities, uh, and effectively that's how many points he costs, why wouldn't I take him? Right, you know? exactly. And so I think that's why you see a lot of Gaunt Summoners, at least in some builds, at major two-day or one-day events. Right. Um, Nighthaunt, you know, I brought them up a little bit earlier, uh, you know, kind of thinking about that. I think this faction, I, I think the, the tweaks on them a little bit are, are going to be highly problematic. I think if they do do that, I'm kind of, this is my don't do, don't touch them. Uh, yeah, I don't. There aren't too many issues with Night Hunt that I've heard. Well, I, I guess what I'm saying is I think everything is going to get some kind of a tweak or uh, a pinch or a tuck, and, and I kind of want them to leave Night Hunt alone a little bit. Uh, I, I still think the Morngall is 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 awesome. Um, probably highly overcosted model for for what it actually brings to the table. Since I think it was what last winter's nerf, I think. Um, yeah. But um, yet with with lower points. Uh, you know, I guess he could buff more Night Haunt unit list. So I'd like to see him go down a little bit. But even if they just didn't touch Night Haunt altogether, I'd mm -hmm. be all right with that. You know, well, uh, and, truthfully. Uh, keep in mind, there are points adjustments for that same reason. You know, if they need to 
uh, move a specific model or model range. Sometimes they'll just decrease the points by 10 points to make it more attractive, but to get product off the shelves. I mean, Games Workshop is a business in the end, just like any other miniature company. Like, in order to stay in business, they still need to sell books, they still need to sell models, they still need to sell kits. Right. Right. Um, and so, you know, and that's the reason for the GHB is to keep that refresh and to keep the uh, the game fresh in the minds of the players. That's you know, true. we don't want to have a stagnant game uh, constantly for five years. Right. It, it just doesn't placate with the current right. players nationwide. Yeah that's, worldwide, that's, so. yeah, that's a great way to put it. I mean, um, moving on. What are, what are some other ones? Let me try to think about here. What are some other ones? How about um, how about Nurgle Rotbringers? There you go. You want to talk about an early 2018 book? Um, they could use some love. I mean, as, I, as, as... I have... Go so ahead. the Nurgle book, I think I have lost every game I've played against them. I've played against two different people, and it's Ooh, just... You mean you've lost against Nurgle? Yes. Okay. Um... All right. All right. We, we got we got, we got got Sean here on the chat, too. He's a big Nurgle guy, and uh, we at, at our last war meet just this past week, this, this buddy uh, Greg yeah. was com- kind of complaining about him. I mean, I know they're slow. Really? But um, I think lowering the point costs for um, uh, some of the some of the drones, like the Puscoils, I think would be good. I think uh, both the drones and and the Blight Lords are way overpriced, uh, even with their innate five plus. You know, feel no pain. I think that that's. Uh, I think they need to come down a little bit. I think the lack of rend and, and any serious damage just just doesn't justify the two hundred point price tag for the for the for the drones or the or the Blight Lords is what I'm talking about. Um, I think they're I think they're good, you know, even even like you were saying a little competitive. I have heard people complaining about them. Um yeah. but I would say that again, I'd like to see I'd like to see Nurgle get a little bit of uh of some points tweaks I think would be good. Um Sylvaneth, that's another one that comes to mind off the top of my head. Uh could could really yeah. use some loving. I mean, if possible, I think the new book actually made them a little bit less fun to play. I know my 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 son plays them. Uh he's got this awesome Deathlineth as he calls them army, but I still think that they're lacking power all around. They don't, you know, they're a bunch of freaking oak trees, man. They should be able to hit you harder than 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 anything. It, it almost has turned into a finesse army. You have to play it in a a couple certain ways in order to be effective. Ugh, um, especially not like really. the not into that. I know. The, yeah, there's a special character who, ha, I mean, he attacks and then retreats. But if he's not getting, like, the specific buffs and gets that charge off, then it, it's almost like, why did I even take this guy? Yeah. It, it, you know, person, I'm forgetting who it, which one it is. I, I, isn't, I thought it was the guy with the uh, with the wings. Uh, no. no. All right. I, you know what? I'm having a blank. This this is where this is where Chuck and I screw the show up even more than we already have. <laughs> well, but, I I mean, look at how many current armies they have. I mean, there there's yeah. over 15 armies that are playable in the four major factions and destruction, death, order, and chaos. Right. Uh, and even when you break that down, there you know in chaos you've got four major uh, different demonic legions you can follow and and play in. Yeah. So yeah. there's so many different things that you can uh, sub divide it into. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's really true. So, um, yeah, but I mean, what, what else? What else can you think of off the top of your head that you'd like to see with the uh, the General's Handbook 2020? I think we need to see um, a revamp of some of the, the points and structures of uh, the beloved Order armies. I mean, whatever don't happens say, to... Don't say Stormcast Eternals. I was. I'm. No, no, to... no. You're not going to say Stormcast Eternals. Moving on. So Next order I, I, army. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 
So I have three Stormcast armies that I'm like, I, I, I want to play them, but, you know, it's just not everything is in the in the points area that I would like, you know. Okay. Um, even if it was just Soul Wars, that they went back and revisited a little bit of it and, and reinvigorated some of either the points or the point costs for some of the other things that you can take with them, you know, it would at least pique my interest. Yeah. Uh... What What is the issue that you have against Stormcast? Um, okay, I, I, I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tie together, I'm gonna tie together our first main topic when we're talking about the fifth anniversary of Age of Sigmar here, because because it, it really starts, it really starts with the 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 very first get started box that they had, uh, right. where it was it was the the um the 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 corn um bloodbound and the Stormcast Eternals, right? Yes. Well. If any, like anything, there's a yin and the yang to everything, right? There's two sides to every corn. You, you've got the uh, you've got you've got stormcast on one side of the coin. You've got corn on the other side of the coin. Is it me or just until what like seven eight months ago, corn bloodbound got zero love when stormcast got four books. Um, you know, and and you got to think. I mean, they were the brand new bad guy army. You know, yeah. what, what is Batman without Joker, right? What is Superman without Lex Luthor? I mean, you, you need to have this antithesis to who and what you are. And I think they well, really dropped the ball. And the, I think they, what they did, too, is I, I get it. You know, they replaced the, uh, the, the Ultramarine out in the front of the, 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 their main office with the Stormcast Eternal. I get all that. Yeah. But for me, it was to such a nauseam that they just, like, said, you know, here's a Stormcast. you got to love the Stormcast. They wear gold armor. It's great. And I think because people were kind of, they began to be a little bit repulsed by the Stormcast. They tried to reintroduce them with uh, the Malign Portent storyline as kind of these dark, evil, kicking the doors in, you know, to people's, you know, the the, the townsfolk's cottages. And And here comes Stormcast, they're going to save everybody. Exactly. And and just the the whole (laughs) thing. The Golden Boys have arrived. Yeah. And and that's why I don't like them. But then again, you're talking to a guy that's been a Beast of Chaos player. Um, and an ogre moth tribes player, not you know, you know the the the, the cute goldies really aren't my thing. So here, here's my point with I guess the stormcast. I think there are quite a few ways to play them. As far as a shooting army, an alpha strike army, I can take three dragons and three basic battle line uh, to the point where I've got judicators that you know fly in with. Uh, I can teleport them 24 inches across the board and then and shoot two times per round. Um, that I think it offers flexibility. Mm-hmm. And when you get armies like that in box sets that you can split with friends, that's an attraction that leads itself to no the practical side of it. I'm 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 I completely yeah. agree with you on. Um but I think you're right to the point where it was release after release after release or book after I mean they box got set up, and then another book nine months later. Let's put it that, this way. Age Some of Sigmar get turned off. Age of Sigmar is five years old. Stormcast have gotten four damn books. Right. Right. I mean, it's like, here's a general's handbook. Here's a Stormcast book a month later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know what I thought was so funny? I, I love this. I, I overheard a couple of guys at a game store one time talking. And um, when when the, 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 the current Stormcast book came out, when it, sort, when it showed that Stormcast standing on the cover with the busted up shield, you know, the shield is all broken. Yeah. The guy literally goes, oh, man, I wonder if these are going to be new Stormcast. And I thought to myself, you poor bastard. You just, you had to reach for that because you saw a picture of a Stormcast with a broken shield. Well, yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> and, and I'm gonna I, buy that box set and that in the book. <laughs> yeah, and I just thought, here are some ogres. Look at this. Look look at these gore. Play these guys. They won't they won't you know burn your wallet at the stake. But um, yeah, you know what? I guess that's my problem. I think that that for the so, fact that it, so it, like let even back up to that. You know, with those box sets, the Night Haunt, uh, your Bloodbound, the Stormcast. Those are also easy models to paint mm -hmm. and and basically assemble i mean well, yeah. some of those were snap fit um two part three part models with you know glue the head on top hey mm -hmm. i spray painted gold i do some washes i'm good i can play a game and right. it's painted and it doesn't look half bad you right. know right and i think that you know moving forward making it easier for the consumer is a good part on the business side for GW and I'm not opposed to that. And, and some of those models still offer decent flexibility with conversions. So for the, the time and again, player like us who have been playing the game for a while, right. we're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. They're just trying to sell stuff. But you know, if we just wanted to paint something up real quick in a month, um, six weeks, four weeks to six weeks, uh, we can. So I, sure. I just like the flexibility from it. No. And you know what? I, I, I completely completely agree with that i just you know for for me I, i'm kind of looking at the um what i think is possibly going to be getting some tweaks and and i because i think that's that's really what the general's handbook is about right i mean you know they yep. they, they collect all their data throughout the year they kind of see what armies are hot what armies are not they look at they go to tournaments although with covid tournaments haven't been that readily available and that's why you got all these gw guys at tournaments walking around with clipboards yep. um and they try and rebalance the armies that are and that's uh, that's right and that's overplayed right. or overpowered and that's you get this pendulum effect or the seesaw where it was here, but now it's going to be more, you know, evened out yeah. as best they can. And I think I think like for like for instance, another another army that just popped into my head. I'm having like a total like ADHD, like I'm bouncing all over the place here. But uh, I think Seraphon. I think with the new book that just came out, I think they're not going to get any tweaks this round whatsoever. I think they're going to be completely left alone. However, though, I think that they're going to get uh, mollywomped probably in the winter FAQ. Um, but I think I think yeah. Seraphon might be the only one that probably won't get mucked with at all. Yeah, typically if they have a release in like the last three to five months, they they don't necessarily adjust it too much unless it's like completely overpowered. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But but I I would uh, uh, I would bet uh, that 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 OBR is going to be getting a nerf hammer to the face. I really think that those guys are in for yeah, it. Yeah, there's um, going to be some tweaking with that. I believe. I think there it has to be a lot, but it'll be enough. I think I think they, I think it has to be. I think I love the idea of of OCR Bone Reapers, um, and it was you know I was kind of mixed emotions about it when they first came out because yeah. when OCRs first came out, I was so sick of death. You know I've told the story a thousand times in, in in at Adepticon 17 and then again at Adepticon 18. Between both of those Adepticons, I played 10, 10 games right in the in the champs. Yeah. In in both of those uh, events, you know one year to the next, I played seven death armies. Yeah, I mean, so I, I was so done with the whole Nagash, Legions of Nagash. I was so done with all that crap, the graveyards, because that, that everybody was playing with it. So when but I, you, but you should know how to play against it if you have seven games at a major GT, right? No, the, I do. No, don't get me wrong, but it's still one of those things where you sit there and you go again. I got to yeah. play this army again. Um, but the other thing that that when I saw when I saw uh, OBR come out, yeah. I was really kind of taken back, like, do I want to be happy about this? Or is this going to be another freaking Nagash because they got a really tall guy next to a throne thing looking, you know? And um, 
and sure enough, uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the Army. I think it's pretty cool. I don't play it. I played against it. I've had great games against it. But, uh, and by the way, great uh, uh, Feast of Bones, or um, Tie the Bones, great box set. Um, but I will say that I'm, I, they, they need a nerf. Yeah. Probably of everybody. I think, I think, I think they need to, I think they need to nerf for sure. We'll see adjustments. I, I don't think it's uncalled for. I think we're going to, you know, we'll just have to see what happens in the next couple of days. Maybe some leaks will come out, uh, and just go from there. You got it. You got it. Hey gang, I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live show so far. Thanks for being with us. But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in, and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to, and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted, and we'll get it done for you. And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand. And thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said, let's get to the question of the day. All right, so here it is. We got the question of the day coming up. Chuck, you ready for this? Yes, shoot it. All right, here, here it is, man. So we got the question of the day. So with the new General's Handbook 2020 coming up, do you have any goals or, or you know, whether they're going to be in terms of um, games or hobby or both that you'd like to achieve, you know, within this new General's Handbook? Maybe start a new yeah, army, so, anything? Okay, so my first thing when I have to go through my – first, I need to pre-order it on July 4th and make sure that my I support my local game store. Right, Let's if they're open. Is, is Red Raccoon even going to be open? Uh, they will not, but I know the owner, and I can message and call him personally. Oh, so yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, you know people. Uh, so I need to take an inventory of what I currently have for the armies that I play. Uh, that's currently Zinch, but also Cities of Sigmar, uh, Gloomspite, Jits, and uh, maybe Stormcast, because I got plenty of Stormcast. Probably about oh, no Stormcast. Forget them. 10,000 points worth of it. What? Uh, basically need to see what I have and what the new cost is. Mm -hmm. um, personally, I would like to play a dragon-based Stormcast army. Uh, that would be ideal. Uh, that's cool. But also... Um, I really want to see if, uh, giants are their own thing coming up, whether or not they get cheaper because you know that they had posted the new giant kit, right? It's like 14 inches tall, bigger than yeah. Arcanon. Right. Uh, that might be a limited release coming up later, but I'm still inclined to see if they've got some type of uh, giant specific thing or, uh, allude to it somewhere. Sure. Yeah, right. Well, I like it. You know, for me, uh, I, I'm kind of, I've been really working on my Snogers, I guess is the best way to put it, my uh, oh. my, my White Walker uh, army. And uh, I'm going to continue with that. Um, that that's kind of my goal to get that out on the table. I've got, um, I've got about 24 different variations of 2,000 point lists that I want to get all painted up and get on the table. So that, that's kind of my, my consistent goal. But I, I did hear some things coming down the pike that don't, well, rumor-wise, that don't fare too well for, for my beloved ogres. But um 
we'll have to see what happens there. I've heard that they're going to lose the ethereal amulet and some other things are, are going to go the, the way of the dinosaur. Wait, wait a minute. There's something wrong here. What is happening? Get ready, Grimdark goons, to time travel back in time to a Grimdark Live show segment from the past. The past? A segment from a show back in time. Get ready, Grimdark goons. Here we go. Well, I tell you, man, this has been a fun, destruction-filled show. But we're not over yet. Oh, good Lord. Do you mind if I take the closing thoughts? Oh, I, I'm dying for you to take the closing thoughts. Folks, do you have your earbuds? Get them ready. It, especially after my, my Ogre Maw Tribe ending, right? No, I, I promise I'm, I'm not going to be uh, crazy with this one. Yourself, would you please? I, well, of course, always. Oh, hey, it's me, Steve. It's me. I always behave myself. That's why I said behave yourself. You know. <clears throat> so here it is, folks. Here's my closing thoughts, which is more of a soliloquy explanation thought. Can I apologize to the listeners in advance? This is good. Okay. So here it is. Who or what is a short pants? Oh, dear Lord. Well, a listener of the show asked me to explain the short pants meaning. Uh, he, he had listened to Grimdark Live, and, and he's heard us use the phrase, don't be a short pants. Uh, he's seen the phrase, don't be a short pants, on the back of our T-shirts, <clears throat> which are available at GrimdarkLive.com. Grimless plug. In, yeah, in our general comments every day using the term short pants. So here it is. This is who or what a short pants is. The term short pants is a metaphor, really, uh, which is a noun or a plural noun. Dictionary.com states that a metaphor is a figure of speech in which a word or phrase is applied to a person, place, or an object, or an action to which it's not literally applicable. It's like when you call someone, and pardon my French here, folks, it's like if you call someone an asshole. That particular person most definitely is not a six-foot-tall anus with bad breath named Colin wearing a sphincter bow tie. But that asshole (laughs) could certainly be a short pants. A short pants here is a metaphor for a particular type of gamer. Someone that is stupid, irritating, or just uh, uh, a, a just a, a real jag-off, as we'd like to say. A short pants could be a rules Nazi, a fist pounder, a dice chucker, or subtle cheaters with giant egos. Uh, a short pants is an upgrade to the term that guy. Uh, a short pants could be a gamer doing questionable dice rolls. Uh, being on purpose, maybe uh, loose with their measurements, uh, only bringing up rules that benefit them while omitting rules that would be a disadvantage to themselves. Um, maybe on purpose, people that are slow players are a form of a short pants. A common short pants is one that gets incredibly sore when they lose and regularly pouts when things don't go their way, closely related to the already mentioned fist pounders and dice chuckers. By far, one of the worst type of short pants are the ones who take seriously optimized lists. I mean, we're talking like power lists against beginner gamers um, that the beginner has really no chance of beating. I think you all get the point here of who a short pants is. But like all metaphors, this one also has a beginning. 
<laughs> Unlike the first person to ever be called an asshole, who was undoubtedly not a six-foot anus with bad breath named Colin wearing a sphincter bow tie, this person was a short, and I mean a, a, a little shit here, Steve. I mean, Steve, do, do, do you know? Uh, do you happen to know why short people are, are really so freaking mean? <laughs> no, but I'm sure you're going to tell. Me. Because these little bastards are just closer to hell. I'm telling Will you. you but, stop. But, but moving on. Seriously. So I'm not going to get into a lot of details here, but, but the origin of this is this little jagoff was short, maybe five foot two wearing high heels. And we played uh, this particular game years ago, and it was a miserable game. This person was a slow player, a complainer, a double measurer, called the judge over five times in a game. Just awful. Actually, uh, he remeasured a move I made because I moved my unit one sixteenth of an inch too far. Basically, the width of the anchor hook on a tape measure. Anyway, uh, the game ended, and I said to him sarcastically, uh, good luck on your next game. With any luck, maybe the building will burn down to save your you know, next opponent the misery of having to play you. To, to which he said, uh, I think you're a real jerk. And then I said, name calling. Oh, well, I tell you to grow up, but that's got to be tough with, with a guy with 50 pairs of short pants hanging in his closet. So I then said, see you later, short pants. And that's how short pants was born. There you have it. And somewhere, there's a whole group of guys saying, we waited all that time just for that. <laughs> Welcome back, Grimdark Goons. Hope you enjoyed the time travel. Welcome back to the present. Now, back to the show. Closing thoughts on the show, uh... I just like to tell everyone to go out, have a great uh, 4th of July weekend, um, have fun, get yourself out there, and um, you know, remember that uh, you know your life uh, is, is is more than just uh, this hobby. Even though this hobby is a, is a great thing, Chuck, you back with us? Actually, I'm back. Boy, yeah. Are the are the are 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 we are we completely just we just weren't meant to be on tonight, were we? We are not doomed, Pat. No, my my laptop just decided to freeze up, so I joined on my desktop. So my video might be out for a little bit. Okay. Well, uh, I'll tell you what. We, I we, am back in the fray. I'm uh, I'm I'm just doing the closing thoughts, and we're gonna we're gonna wrap this old jalopy up and be back next week a, a lot better off for it. So, but I wanted to just uh, let everybody know that you know what, um, get out and enjoy the weekend. Uh, and, and appreciate uh, that that we live in a, a great country and, and, and we play this great game and and um, have some fun. You know, get out there and, and like I said, blow off some firecrackers and and, may, and maybe if you have any old Stormcast models laying around, um, you know, put a couple of firecrackers on them and blow them up. And you know, you can do that. That'd be and, and if you if you'd like, send in some of the video of that uh, here to Grimdark Live and we may throw you a t-shirt. Yes. Yeah. Uh, put one on a, a sparkler and we'll watch it melt. How about that? There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Definitely do that. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this is uh, this is it, man. This is the uh, this is the end of the show. Chuck, thank you very much for being with us. From Dark Live, I'd like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Age of Sigmar worlds. We'll be back live next Thursday, so until then, remember, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a freaking short pants. If you missed the live show, you can catch us again right here on the next Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live throughout the week with Monster Mondays, Table War Tuesdays, 
Warhammer Wednesdays, Grimdark Grudge Matches, and a ton more. So stay tuned and stay grim. All you dice chucking, glue sniffing gamer games, you're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Remember, embrace the main message here from Grimdark Live, and that's the social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other and this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com. Don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms.